Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Brick Cave podcast. I am Bob Nelson, the CEO of Brick Cave Media, and I am your host for today's podcast. So this is not actually the first podcast that we've done. This is actually the second podcast that we've done, but this will probably be the first one you get to hear because I messed up the first one. But that's beside the point. I've now brought in a professional to help me. So in the room, but unheard, but always seen is my audio technician, Alex. So Alex, wave to the wave to the TV, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Very good. Joining me today on the Brick Cave podcast is author Sharon Skinner. She is the, the, well, I won't say the, because I'll get an email from all the other authors. (laughs) One of the um, core authors of Brick Cave Media. She is celebrating the release of a new book that she co-wrote with Joe Junta earlier this summer called Supernal Dawn. She is also the author of probably what is Brick Cave Media's best-selling book in The Healer's Legacy. And she's here with us today. We're going to talk about both of those books and we're going to talk about all kinds of other writing topics. So as always, the Brick Cave podcast is brought to you by Brick Cave Media. You can visit us online at brickcavemedia.com and you can purchase any of the books that we talk about today, if they're Brick Cave books, on our online store at brickcavestore.com. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Well, hi, Bill. Bob. <laughs> Bill, Bob. <laughs> Billy, Billy, Bob. Bob, Bob. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What's I'm going good. on? What's going on? Yeah. I'm, well, you know, today I'm I'm doing a podcast That's with Brick fantastic. Cave. I'm, I, it's exciting to have you on the podcast today. So, all right. We are talking about, uh, we're going to start with Supernal Dawn, because that is obviously the new book. Um, give me that pitch. It's a mashup of <laughs> alien technology, witchcraft, and superhero powers. All right, there you go, kids. She lives what she teaches. So Sharon is the master of the 30-second or less pitch. I don't know. I'm still working on that one. But <laughs> it does. it's enough to catch people's interest. Which is what a good pitch so, should do, right? Right, okay. right. So. so Supernal Dawn came out um, right at Phoenix Comic Con, or I'm sorry, Phoenix Comic Fest, which is now Phoenix Fan, fan Fest. Fest. Uh, no, Fan here. Fusion. Fan Fusion, sorry. sorry. Which is now Phoenix Fan Fusion. Uh, that occurred this last May, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Fantastic weekend. The book did really well. Um, we're hearing a lot of interesting comments about the book. The The book is, is different. Um, talk to us a little bit about why that is. Well, for a couple of reasons, the book is different for me in that... Uh, <clears throat> It's co-written with Joe Genta, and Joe and I have a fun relationship, an interesting relationship. And what we did was basically because Joe is a plotter and I'm more of a seat of the pants writer, a pantser. Uh, we actually, he built the sandbox and I got to play in it. So it's really Joe's sandbox and he actually kind of plotted out the story and the world to some extent, and then we decided what characters we would have, and I got to go into the sandbox and kick over a few castles and a few other things that he built and make his life miserable at moments, but uh, back and forth, we had a lot of fun doing it, and it was very, it was a really fun process for me because I'm not a plotter, and so there were a lot of times where my character just decided to do things that kind of we had to go back, then circle back and, you know, kind of repair, <laughs> if you will, or adjust the story for that. The other reason that it's a little different is because it's a sister and brother. And what we were doing was we um, worked really hard 
in the first couple of chapters to establish them each as their own narrator and how they see the world. And so it's a little experimental in that, that you're seeing a couple of scenes from both of their perspectives. So you kind of walk through it and see how different people experience the world and how they hear things and see things that actually are a little different than what might have been intended or than the other person might have seen so, or heard. So Joe describes that as imperfect narrative. Well, yes, they're they're unreliable. Or, both I'm sorry, unreliable. Yeah, I think both of them are unreliable narrators, and so the idea was to establish that early in the beginning, and it sets it up because I mean most of us are unreliable narrators of our own lives anyway, and so that's what we were trying to establish. So you know, the book came out. Um, a lot of people, I think, to describe it fairly, a lot of people it piqued a lot of interest. Um, at Comic-Con, it piqued a lot of interest for fans of each of you individually. Um, having having talked to a lot of those people myself at the booth that we had at Comic-Con or Comic-Fest or Fan Fusion, um, depending on what minute of the day it was. Um, it really, like, people were really intrigued because I think that, that it was not, you know, Joe up to now has been pretty much fantasy. And, you know, you up to now have been mostly fantasy and so this was kind of like a little bit of a, de a departure from that genre wise um and so i think people were interested in that was that necessary for this book i mean did you guys kind of decide hey we're just gonna we're gonna kind of write outside our norms here that's a really good question because that was kind of a joe thing you know joe like i said joe created the idea the concept the world uh, he established kind of his piece of the world, which is the alien technology, the superhero powers component of it. And then we decided, okay, so what kind of characters do we want to be? And of course, he wanted to have two teens. And I, of course, wanted to write as siblings, because that's the kind of relationship that Joe and I have is that kind of, you know, sibling almost, you know, you can, it's really more one of those <laughs> nobody can hit my brother but me kind of relationships sure. almost sure. Yeah. it's like yeah. you know i can pick on him but you can't and so we had a lot of fun going back and forth harassing each other in that respect there's a lot of stuff to unwrap in this story about family and about secrets and about the way that we interact with one another when we are family and we're not always 100 percent honest with one another and we're not always 100 percent honest with ourselves so there's a lot to un unwrap on that in that. But uh, so really, it wasn't that we decided, oh, let's go over here and write something like that. It's that he had this concept and this idea, and I found it very intriguing. Uh, I was allowed to do most of the witchcraft component. So that was still well within my area of, if you will, uh, fictional expertise. And so that was a lot of fun. Uh, superheroes, you know, we all know, we all like the idea of being able to have superpowers. So we got to play a lot with that. But I don't think it was, let's go off over here and write something that does this. I think it was more of an intriguing idea, what would happen if. And that's where the best stories come from, is from the what if question. Sure. So, you know, the book's been out now for about two months. Yeah, give it two months. Um, you know, obviously, obviously I think we're, we're seeing a, a very good performance on it. I think people are, are interested in it. They're reading it. Um, I, you know, if you're, 
if you're talking to somebody that maybe isn't familiar with either of you and is looking at this as maybe their first exposure to um, to either or both of you, kind of what's your advice to them on that? Because this this really is um, it's a, it's a little bit different than if they picked up um, the Ascension trilogy or if they picked up you know the Healers trilogy or. No, the Healers trilogy is more of a crossover. So you you know it was originally intended as a young adult, but it's got a huge crossover audience. I think the same can be said of Ascension. The Ascension trilogy has a more of a crossover audience. It appeals to a broad range. I think with this one, I'm interested to see if we still get that broad appeal and that crossover. I think I'm hopeful that we will, but there is a, there, it is kind of more of a teen urban fantasy uh, kind of a read. So my expectation is that, you know, those people who are interested in reading YA will definitely come to it and appreciate it. But I will tell you that we had a lot of fun writing it. And I honestly, as a writer and as a, a person who teaches writing, one of the things I'll say is that generally, if you're having a really good time writing the world and the characters, the reader will really have a good time in that world submerge uh, submersing themselves into it and so i'm hopeful that they'll come to it and have and enjoy it as much as we did so um my understanding is that there are plans to kind of revisit this again and you know obviously uh, possibly write a follow-up uh whether it's the same characters or different characters i don't know that you guys necessarily even know that yourselves yet but um, it sounds like that's the case. It sounds like you're going to revisit this. We've already had discussions for a, a next book. So we are discussing that. We are looking at uh, including additional point of view characters. In addition to our two key protagonists from this book, we're looking at including two more point of view characters that will be a little more antagonistic, but we'll get to see the world through their eyes and get to perceive things through their scope. So let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's actually talk about you a little bit and some of the things that you're doing and some of the things that you've done. Um, you are right now wrapping up your second uh, writer in residence. Is that correct? Yes, this is my second residency for the state of Arizona. My first residency last year was with Scottsdale Libraries. And this year I have spent the last almost full three months as the writer in residence for the Mesa Libraries. The state. And what does that generally entail? Like what, what are they asking you to do as the writer in residence? Like what's that job mean? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? What do you, what do, you do? do? Let's yeah, get to the you, point. You sit in a residence and you write. No. Um, so what I do, <laughs> yeah, what I do is what, I what? actually, the requirements from the state, and this is a, this is a grant funded program. So y'all go out and tell the state you want to see some more of this next year. I know that they're looking to, uh, expand the program next year to additional libraries. So that's very exciting. But what I basically do is I have taught six workshops, six to uh, 2.25, 2.5 hour workshops for the public. Then I've been doing office hours, which is one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentoring for up and coming writers and people who want to be writers. And that's pretty much running the gamut. That's answering whatever questions that an individual has about writing, publishing, whatever it is in any genre that they are interested in and doing some actual feedback, some editorial feedback, content ed, uh, feedback on their work. 
And then a portion of those hours that I spend at the library each week are hours that I spend writing. And I've been working on my current work in progress, which is the third book in the Healer's Legacy series, which is currently titled The Exile's Gift. So there you go, kids. I just got, I just pulled news right out of the author for you. Pulled it right out of her. You've got news that you're not getting from anyone else. Has to be from me. I am the exclusive source. All right. So you've just wrapped that up. So that ends what next week or this weekend, I think. Yep. Two more days. Uh, Tomorrow and Saturday are my two final days. It's a little bittersweet. I'm, I'm happy to be coming to the end of the three-month period because it is a lot of work. I'm also sad to be coming to the end of the three-month period because I really enjoy doing it. And I've met some wonderful people. I'm very excited for some of the projects that I've seen come uh, through with the individual authors who are working on some fabulous projects. So I'm very excited for some of those things and hopeful that they'll come to fruition, that the authors will continue to move forward and get uh, keep going and get those published. So you have, um, there's actually a couple of, of things floating out there for you right now. There is, and and we've talked about this a little bit in a few different, uh, venues. Uh, I think in the newsletter we had mentioned at one point, there's a, there's a follow-up for the Nellig stones that is, um, in super post post right now, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, so one of the requests that we get a fair amount at events and stuff is for a second Nellig Stones book. So there's a there's an audience out there, right, that's looking for this book. Um, tease these guys a little bit. Tell them what they can expect in this. So in the second book in the Nelling Stones series, uh, the Honoria books, we are going to return to Honoria. And uh, Robbie and Stephanie have grown a little bit more than when we left them last but they're going to face a little bit more danger. Uh, things have turned a bit dark in Honoria. And those of you who have read the first book understand that time passes differently there. And so things have not gone well in Honoria while they've been away. Mm, and you'll have to get a copy of that to find out why. Shame. I'm not going to hint at any plot points or characters that may or may not be, um, well, involved but just know that it'll be worth your time to get a copy of that book. Just saying. So, all right. So that's coming out. Um, and of course, as you teased, uh, you're also working on the third healer's legacy book. Um, what else are you working on? I mean, it seems like you've always got several projects kind of floating out there that you're kind of always touching. Um, I know, I know in the office we're working on the next future words novel and I think you're contributing to that, right? That's correct. I just uh, sent off the current draft of my short story grist for the mill to be included in the anthology. I'm excited for the staff to read it and give me their feedback on that. Um, Give me some editorial notes. I anticipate uh, some sort of uh, editorial notes on that. And I am also working on a couple of other things. One, I'm keeping completely under my hat. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh the my other- gosh, secrets. Yes, no, not not talking about secrets it. Secrets in this and podcast. The, the other one is, well, the other things that are coming up are on my in my pipeline will be the second and third books in the Collar and Curses world. So Collars and Curses has uh, its own following, and I've 
already got people asking for uh, the next book and hopeful for the next book. And just so you know, anybody who is curious, there are two more books planned in that world. And the next one is going to be from the point of view of Brianna. So that's... uh, So you have to get the first one to read it to know who Brianna is so that you can then anticipate Brianna's story. (laughs) Now... Um, understanding that this is, of course, a Brick Cave podcast, so of course we would normally focus on Brick Cave books, but you're certainly not one-dimensional in the writing that you do, and so you have, um, well, other books out there elsewhere. With other publishers. With other publishers. So um, talk a little bit about that, because, you know, as much as it's not our book, um, it's still a very good book, in spite of the fact that it's not ours. Well... (laughs) If Brick Cave were a picture book publisher, it might could have been, but Brick Cave is not a picture book publisher, and therefore Rocket Shoes is with Sterling. And I am very excited about having a picture book out. I was able to dedicate my debut picture book to my debut grandbaby, Zarina. Oh, very so sweet. yeah, very so sweet. that was really exciting to be able to do. And uh They did a great job choosing an illustrator who actually was an animator or is also an animator and used to do Space Coast Coast to Coast animation, which, of course, like, yeah. Well, yeah, that kind of that amps the excitement. Sure. And uh, now apparently he does some uh, some of the uh, storyboards for My Little Pony. Oh, very cool. So. um, All right. So talk to me a little bit about, um, cause I guess I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this. So I'm thinking while I'm trying to talk, which is never a good combination people. Well, let me mention Ward's name talk. cause the illustrator's okay, name is Ward Jenkins. <laughs> so let's do that while you're good, thinking of the good. next thing to do. Cause so let's I'll give him his creds, so, right? So because I, he's very talented. You can get word online, right? Words online. He's got wordjenkins.com, right? Hang on. Let me use my high tech. I'm not sure what his website is. uh, I know he's on Facebook. And by the way, a little story for you while you're doing that. Yeah, go ahead. So, you know, the six degrees of separation and how it's really more like two or three now. Mm. So when they picked Ward for my picture book. It is wardjenkins.com, by the way. It is Mm wardjenkins.com. That's his website. That's his website. And so... And I've, Rocket Shoes is right on the homepage. So. Right. Along with um, um, Salam, Salam Alakam. Yeah. Which is a really lovely little book. It's a lovely book, by the way. And so I found out they selected Ward as the illustrator. And I went to look at his website. And he actually illustrated a book that was co-written by Michael Phelps. Yes, the swimmer, Michael Phelps. And two years prior to I that. he collects gold. A lot of gold. A lot of yeah, gold. A lot of gold. He's just, yeah, he's got he's closets a, full of gold. He's got gold. gold everywhere. Anyway, so a couple of years prior to all this, I actually had lunch with his mother Aww. at a grants conference because uh, I'm a professional grants. I'm a grants professional as well. So she and I were together at a conference having lunch. And so they're the degrees of separation are that I've met Michael Phelps's mother and my illustrator illustrated a book for Michael Phelps. So there's really almost no degrees of separation <laughs> in the world anymore. I'm telling you. That's fantastic. So, 
Okay, so I think I have a direction I'm, I'm ready to go in here. So okay. with all of these books, so you've got sort of, you know, on the the sort of more adult end, you have The Healer's Legacy, which which really does kind of deal with some adult-related issues. And then you've kind of got over here on the, the very young end, you've got Rocket Shoes. So you've got this, and I know we've talked about this before, but you've kind of got this, like, uh, you know, spread of books here so that anybody at any age is going to, like, dig Sharon Skinner. Is kind of like, was that intentional or was that uh, just how it happened? Uh, it's really more that I am uh, not... I don't, I want to do everything. I want to do all the things. So I can't really focus myself and just say, okay, I'm going to write just middle grade because that's not how my creativity works. The creativity that I operate under is I write the story that I need to write at any given time. It's usually based on the voices in my head. Yes, it truly is. And I actually have to write those stories and those stories some of them are middle grade. Some of them are older. It depends on the topic. It depends on the character. I don't even always know what the character's journey is, but I, I've always wanted to write a picture book and I have some very, very bad picture book manuscripts sitting in a drawer, you know, unhappily. Oh, come on now. And <laughs> I've always, well, I've got several. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever see the light of day, but I always wanted There's to write a picture There's only a little dead rat in it. But picture books are hard. Picture books are a lot harder than people they realize. Are, they you have to still, be concise and well, you still have to tell a story. Right. You still have to sure. have a complete uh, story arc, a character that's engaging. You have to have a problem. You have to have resolution, and you have to do it in about five hundred words. Right, right. So, so if I want to find you this fall, where am I going to find you? What's going? Oh on? my gosh, to? like, I'm, I'm going to be all over down. the place. So, so I heard, and I don't know. I need to kind of eyeball over to the uh, producer here and make sure that uh, that this podcast isn't going to be released before next week, do you think? Okay, good. He's giving me the thumbs up so I can talk about it. So um, this fall, uh, yourself and a few of the other Brick Cave writers are going to take part in our first ever fall tour. All right. I'm... That's why I said I'm going to be all over the place. So we've booked, um, so you're going to be running around like the state and a couple other states yep. and, and just kind of hawking the books. So, you know, um, are you excited for that? I am excited about that. That'll be mostly bookstores. So that's exciting. I, I do a lot of other things, school visits. I do, uh, I'll be at the Idea Museum this fall as well, doing an event there here in Mesa. And I will be doing mostly those book signings, though, with Brick Cave all over the place. So you're also, um, just to kind of make sure that we cover all the bases here, in addition to everything that we've already talked about, you're also the regional advisor for the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators for, for Arizona. The, for Arizona, that's correct. I am. So, um, like, where are the five minutes in the day to do that? <laughs> well... Uh, some days I wonder, uh, it's actually, you know, I, it's my job to facilitate and oversee and all of the activities in the state of Arizona for SCBWI, the society of children's book writers and illustrators, but I couldn't do it without my great team. I have a wonderful assistant regional advisor there is, right there. Yes. Tanya Go team. Bowerly and, uh, illustrator coordinator, <laughs> Michael Hale. And then I have pal coordinators, uh, Laura Allen and Diane white and Sarah Fujimura right and bam, bam, bam. Look at those names I, drop. Have, <laughs> I have a team. If you, 
if you want to be able to do all the things that you need to do in a day and still accomplish more, you got to have a team. So is that like having a very talented guy named Alex Lewis on your audio, like managing your audio for you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a team. Gotta you got to have team, team players. Okay. You can't do it all. It, you know, it's good to have people at your back and it's good to have people supporting you and it's good to be able to delegate and it's good to be able to bounce ideas off of people. You don't have to be the only guy. So you have, in, I mean, clearly in addition to the tour, which is, I think right now it's at uh, seven stops and I think you are right now at six of them. Is that I think that's about right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and I think we're looking at finishing off an eighth stop at this point that we haven't confirmed yet. So. But in addition to that tour, you're going to be doing a fall conference That's with correct. your region. That's correct. You are going to a national conference for SCBWI. Correct. Um, That's next have, week. You have the Mesa Book Festival, which is going to be in December. December. Mm -hmm. um, then you have, uh, normally, you would be doing a grant professionals conference. Is that I still? Will, yeah, I'll be okay. in Chicago for that so in November. In, okay, so you're going to be doing that. So, like, you pretty much run, I mean, from May, whenever you started the three-month writer's residency, till the end of the year, effectively, you've got, like, one weekend now where you're not booked for something. Well, that you know, and when, when you do that, when, when people do that and they start start to lay it out, it's exhausting to hear it. I, but it's I, exhausting I, to say it because it takes so long to cover everything. So but I'm going to need to come back here and rest and Alex is going to come over here and finish this interview. Because somehow I manage. I don't know. It's again, it, a lot of it's time management. A lot of it is having a team. If Brick Cave wasn't setting up all of these wonderful book signings for me, these events, I wouldn't be able to fit in as much in, into the schedule, I wouldn't be able to do it because I would have to sketch, set those up myself because in this day and age, authors of, often have to do that. So tell me a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about that. You um, obviously have worked very, very hard um, over the last 10, 15, 20 years to build that credibility in your name as an author, in you know your books as a quality product that people can read. And, you know, that has been very important to you. How critical would you say that is to to an author to start out with a quality product? It really is everything. Uh, quality product and having a way to present it so that it has unique voice. And I know that sounds really elusive, but really what that's about is putting yourself into your writing, doing it in a thoughtful way, and understanding that writing is rewriting, that going back and revising to make sure that that voice is present and that the work is as good as you can possibly get it before you send it out into the world. What that allows you to do is to not only get a message across to readers, but gain followers, readers who will Fans, if you will, fans who will come back and they will say to you at the next event, what else have you got? What else have you got? People, some of the people who are buying Supernal Dawn are buying it because they want to know what else I have. They want the next book and they are looking for, you know, some of them are looking for the next Collar's book and some the next sure. Honoria book and sure. some the next Healer's book, but they'll take a shot on whatever I've got because I make sure that I put out a quality product. Brick Cave makes sure that it puts out a quality product. So Joe and I working together have put out a quality product and 
readers who are Brick Cave readers, who are my readers, who are Joe's readers, know that they're going to get a good book. They're going to get a good adventure, a good journey, and it's going to be worth their while. Readers invest a lot of time. In this day and age, you've got a lot of other things pulling at you. If you are going to invest that many hours spending time with my characters in my worlds, I want to make sure that you get a good good journey. So all of your books, whether they're Brick Cave or whatever that other company is, um, they're all available uh, anywhere, right? Any bookstore. Everywhere. I, I, that's a leading question because I know cause I'm the guy that makes sure that happens. Um, <laughs> they're everywhere you want to be. <laughs> but the same is true of Rocket Shoes. Rocket Shoes is available through any bookstore. And mm-hmm. if they don't have it, they can get it. That's correct. Right. Yep. So um, so what do you think is, you know, you, you go online, you read the stories about how, you know, books are changing, readers readership's going down. You know, where book sales are declining and, and the whole literary marketplace is, is collapsing in on itself and we're all going to be not reading in five years. I mean, you know, as a writer, how do you deal with that drumbeat of doom um, in just making sure that you're continuing to write? Well, frankly, it's not true. There are always going to be people who want to read. And proof of that is how many kids are picking up rocket shoes how many kids are coming and picking up a copy of the knowledge stones and loving on the knowledge stones and the dragons and the and the story that of those kids and really relating to it and come back to me next year do you have another one do you have another one i have had parents of reluctant readers who come back to me and say my kid loved this book i couldn't get him to put it down what else have you got because you know a good story is there's always a place for a good story in our lives. And there's always room for that in our worlds. We need that. We need stories that allow us to experience the things that we can't experience directly to either give us the opportunity to learn something about ourselves, something about the world around us to maybe even experience something that we don't want to have to go out and experience directly and to have a meaningful experience with characters and story, it allows us to do things that we can't do by getting on our phone and hitting a tweet or just, you know, 140 character statement or interacting just on Facebook. So stories are critical. Stories have been critical since we were sitting around the fire munching on Ogg and Ogg. yeah Ogg munching and on you know whatever we happen to kill Ogg that Ogg day and Alex. for t- you Ogg know. Ogg and Alex right so on the fire Ogg. Stories, Alex bring meat stories critical Fight fire. <laughs> you gonna let me talk in this podcast what no, no, no. are we done yet no, are we are we there, there yet okay we're almost there we just passed right. 30 minutes I'm just gonna March, say so just you saying. know hey no 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 it's all good it's all good <laughs> what are you telling me five minutes ten minutes <laughs> what are you telling me you telling me to stop right now is that what's happening no you're not okay Please continue. Story. 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 It's important. It's important. There's a story going down right now. Yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah. So how do people follow you? Like where can we follow you? Uh my website, www.sharonskinner.com. You can find me through Brick Cave. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Sharon Skinner56. You can find me all over the interwebs. And if you Google me, I mostly come up that well, along with 
Sharon Skinner from the X-Files, and, but she's dead. So as a character. Did even. she die? Well, in the series originally, yeah. Oh. You didn't know that? I didn't know. So I used to tell I people. Kind of I guess people the, say, "Oh, Sharon Skinner, like is no," but, and series. I always said, "But I'm alive." After the first couple seasons, I happen to be alive. I think the only season, the only episode I've ever watched like straight through was the one with the sewer urchin guy, the guy that was a sewer urchin. You remember that one, Alex? No, he doesn't remember that one. He's too young. That's the tick. No, 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 no. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about out there. The one where the one where it almost gets molder at the end and he chops it in half uh, with the door to the sewer. Like that's anyway. Regardless, like of that all happened that. once. So P- <laughs> <laughs> it's X Files. It happens all the time. That's what I'm saying. You remember that episode where it almost gets him and then you kill it in the end? Yeah, every episode. Stop, I don't know. Stop it. What? All right. Story. So <laughs> if if. Um, you, you, are, and now here it, it's gone downhill. You are available for events. So you will do presentations, yes. workshops, yes. you know, um, and you've done some pretty good events. Yeah. I, I teach, I'm, I present, I do a softball. You were supposed to start talking yeah. about the events that you've done. Oh, well, <laughs> I just finished doing six writing workshops that were, were extremely well received locally by the community and people are asking for more. I've done some other writing workshops. I've presented to the uh, Women Writers, uh, Scottsdale Society of Women Writers, uh, and a number of other places. So I've, you know, I've presented for SCBWI. I've presented to the libraries. I don't know. San Francisco Comic Con. Oh, yeah. For like 200 people, 300 uh, people. Emerald City Comic Con for a standing room for a only. People. Yeah, there's that. You've and done then, a few events. And I've taught at the Piper Center here at ASU right. Piper Center for creative writing. And I've taught at the San Diego State University Writers Conference. And so, and I'm available. You can book me. She just pulled out a sandwich board, by the way. I just want everybody to know that. It's really uncomfortable here with the in front of the microphone trying to get this thing on, too. All right. So, um, I, you know, I think we're about ready to wrap like it up here. Like they thought it was anybody that, else. Well, you yeah. know, that's, this is the first time they've, well, that's probably not necessarily the first time they've heard me do a podcast, but regardless, regardless, thank you so much for joining us today and, and talking about what we do and what you do and what he does over there. Um, well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Once again, everybody, um, our guest today has Sharon Skinner. Sharon Skinner. SharonSkinner.com is her website. You can get any of her books online at any online retailer. Of course, I prefer that you use BrickCaveStore.com because that's our store. (laughs) Well, we get to. Well, you can also get rocket shoes pretty much anywhere, also uh, on Proxima Emporium. Okay. Well, Proxima Store. Straight to Amazon. We don't have a Proxima Store. There is no Proxima Proxima Emporium store. Well, it's, it's. Proxima it's a, something. It's a classifieds. Oh. <laughs> but that's not involved. Follow with this the podcast. ads. I don't know. Did you follow the money? <laughs> follow, follow the, the gourd. I don't know. <laughs> the sandal. So thank you, Sharon Skinner, for joining us today on the Brick Cave podcast. Um, our podcast is, of course, sponsored by Brick Cave. We are recording here in the University of Phoenix studio at the Mesa Chamber of Commerce in Mesa, Arizona. Our audio technician slash guru slash patients. Uh, put her upper with a mirror is uh, Alex Lewis, our intern that does all the work really and just kind of gives us lists to do is Jackie Hatton, and uh, 
Well, then there's me. And there's really just three of us. So it's three of us taking over the entire world at this point. So, um, again, if you want to reach Sharon Skinner, you can reach her through her website or any of her social medias, SharonSkinner.com, SharonSkinner56 on Twitter, Sharon underscore A underscore Skinner on Twitter, on uh, Facebook. Uh, or I don't think you have an Instagram, do you? I do, but I don't use it, so I don't even know what it is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So the um, aforementioned unknown Instagram. You can find me. Just follow the other people there. All right, all right, all right, all right. So thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of the Brick Cave podcast. We encourage you, please I'm on join live us for journal. future pod. You didn't need to say that. You might as well have said I'm on MySpace. Yeah, I used to be. <laughs> that was a long time ago. And the train just went off the cliff into the into the water. Darn it. Well, that's, I guess, it. All right. Well, um, I'm going to wait for Alex to turn this off. So thank you so much for joining us, Sharon. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about your books, talk about writing. Um, obviously, anytime you would want to be back, we would love to have you back, and we probably will force you to come back at some point in the near future. So thank you again for listening, and have yourselves a fantastic rest of your lives. Bye. <laughs>